Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Loan. That's fundamentally the, 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 the main thing. And then should that happen, we take the scoring very, very seriously. Well, Joy Business spoke to some of the MTN quick loan defaulters on anonymity and this is what they had to say. Oh, hundreds of these. People are owing them thousands. I know people who are owing them thousands of cities. People are owing them 500. Now, me, hundreds. I saw someone was sending some money for something, and then he wanted to send it into my account. I said, no, 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 don't, don't send it. I'm only empty, and you just hold on. That's created that inconvenience also. It's like you are owing yourself. It's not about anybody where you have a situation with someone who will be asking you for his or her money, but that confidentiality is there it's between you and your phone. Apart from that, I just hope that sometimes they give, uh, after the 30, 31 days or the 30 days, it should give another duration. Like, okay, if you're not able to pay by the end of the month, they'll give you five extra days. You're still listening to the Joy Business Report. Now, with a fairly favorable weather and an upgraded equipment to better manage airspace, Ghana is yet to record any disruptions to flight operations this Hamilton season. However, our neighbors, Nigeria, haven't been lucky as some flights bound for Lagos have to divert to Kotoka Airport for safe landing due to poor visibility at the airport. In today's business journal, we explore the impact of the Hamilton on flight operations so far and what to expect this season. Shilatamaklo has the rest of the story. Strong winds, foggy and dusty skies are the key hallmarks of the Hamilton season. But this time, contrary to the regular complaints by passengers of delayed or cancelled flights, due to poor visibility, flight operations are still running smoothly at the airports. Edward Barr is the director for air traffic. So far, the visibility here has not fallen below the minimum that we have for the instrument landing system. We need the minimum visibility of 800 meters and a deficient height of 200 feet. So far, the visibility has been within the limits of the ILS. Although weather conditions in Ghana have been favorable, same cannot be said for our neighbors in Nigeria. A couple of flights bound for Lagos had to be diverted to Ghana for safe landing due to poor visibility at the Lagos airport. We had three diversions, Kvet Airlines and two British Airways aircraft so far. And they are all diverted from Lagos to Accra. The reason, fortunately, the visibility in Accra is slightly better than that of Lagos. What may appear to be a challenge to our Nigerian counterparts is somehow inuring to our benefit with the airports generating revenues from the services delivered. Director General for the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority highlights some of these benefits. As the aircraft overflies uh, airspace, as they land, they pay for overflight and landing charges. Okay, The aircraft may also decide to refuel when it's on the ground. Nonetheless, it's still early days yet to declare an all-clear for Ghana. 
Head of the Meteorological Service Department, Joseph Potifi, explains the weather patterns is still subject to change, which could affect operations. The orientation of the wind has favored us. That is why you could realize that we are still operating to the north. Yes. So for the northern sector, visibility will still be between 1,000 1,500, which is okay for flight operations. But we are hoping that the last bus that will come, that is the intensification that will come after two, three weeks. We are hoping that it will not lift a lot of dust from the Sahel region. If a lot of dust is lifted there, then it will impede the visibility down here. But till a time when flight operations in Ghana may be faced with challenges from the weather, the Director General for the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority, Engineer Simon Alutu, says diversions are welcome to ensure safety on the continent. Don't want an aircraft to take the risk when in the view of the pilot or in line with the operational specifications of the airline, the visibility is so low that it should not take the risk to land. So safety is paramount in this instance. As we monitor the situation, passengers are however being advised to be patient with airline operators and also factor in extra hours to their travel time to cater for any delays, cancellations or diversions that may arise from the weather challenges. our business journal brought to you by Shinata McLean. On that note, we end the Joy Business Report stories brought to you. Trade expert Pooch Foyko has to abolish proposed issuance of single currency vehicle and the story of why some customers of MTN Quick Loan are defaulters and not considering paying anytime soon. Many thanks for making time with us. My name is Karen Dodu. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. Postman, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid my school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Joy 99.7 FM. May I please have your attention for the following announcement. Kweku Mbia the fifth. Obahima Lana Amakobo the third of Anoi. Regional Coordinating Council, Kofoidria, announced with deep sorrow the death of their beloved. Mr. James Ishan Branford Godwell. He was 75 years. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no way keeping. Violin past will take place at the Christ the King Methodist Church in Sukwau Kofoidua on Saturday the 11th of January 2020 from 7 a.m. followed by the burial service at 8 a.m. Interment will be at the Methodist Cemetery Kofoidua and funeral rites will take place at the Jackson Park. Thanksgiving service will take place on Sunday the 12th of January 2020 at 9 a.m. at Christ the King Methodist Church, followed by final funeral rites at Jackson Park, Kofoidua. 
widow, Mrs. Sophia Godwell, sophisticated kitchen services. Sister, Mami and son Abado, Ne Godwell. Children, Josephine Marie Godwell, Mrs. Sophia Ntiamwamenta, Mrs. Lydia Joyce Gunny. Nene Agidi Ahaviache, the Sith, Wechoi of Kudragwe. Nene Alex Tay Ameto Kwamine, Head of Kwamine Oula family. Numo Kofi Potofi, Head of Potofi family, Ada. The Abayate Amegache and Allied families. The Baku Ayivo family of Denu. The Hato family of Vepe. The Quest family of Kita, the Okla, assuming an allied family's home and abroad, and the Asbury Dunwall Church in Okra, and the Wesley Methodist Church in Big Adan, announced with deep sorrow the sudden death of their beloved. Mr. Nathan Patapakwamine, he was the former deputy managing director of National Investment Bank. The sad event occurred on the 26th of December 2019. He was 76. Widow, Mrs. Valerie Kwamine, Ni Ayivo. Children, Mrs. Anita Asumin. Dr. Mrs. Ma Ohui Kwaman Ukla. Miss Marko Kwaman Esquire. Dr. Mam Lee Kwaman. Siblings, Ebenezer Chachu Kwaman. Eric Tay Kwaman. Nina Ohui Kwaman. And Edward Akoli Kwaman. Funeral arrangements will be announced later. Apostle Mike K. Ichu. Kanishi Area Head. Church of Pentecost, Apostle Onyina Jemfi, Dansoman Area Head, Church of Pentecost, Pastor Frank Amoa Owusu, Russia Worship Center, Church of Pentecost, Pastor Joseph Asamoa Boache, Mataheko District, Church of Pentecost, and the entire Church of Pentecost, Mataheko District, wishes to announce the home call of their beloved Elder E.K.E.K.K. Mensah. He was 51. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no wake. However, the family will gather at the family house at house number A47-19, Sharp Curve, Mataheko, Mars Road. Lane and State and Burial Service will take place on Saturday, the 11th of January, 2020, at Tony Park. Dunsoman first stop, adjacent Most Holy Heart School and near step-by-step preparatory school, Russia, Dansoman Road, at 8 a.m. prompt. Interment takes place on Saturday, the 11th of January, 2020, at Bowie Cemetery. Funeral rites follows immediately at the Tony Park, Dansoman. Thanksgiving service takes place on Sunday, the 12th of January, 2020, at the Church of Pentecost, Mataiko Central, at 9.30 a.m. Final funeral rites takes place on Sunday, the 12th of January, 2020. Widow, Susanna P.D.Y.K. Mentor. Children, Joshua K.O.N.K. Mentor. Caleb O.R.K.O. Mentor. And Dominicus B.I.K.K. Mentor. Orphans and sympathizers are cordially invited. The first century gospel church, Dunsinasi Ekwona Ebusunyapini Akwesi Amponsem Enimedu, Nanawi Asamwa II, Nana Ajiman Sakodie II, Nana Safo Ajiman I, Oba Apini Nana Anefiwa II, Dunsinasi Fomena, Oba Apini Jawa Brofoyedu, Oba Apini Alice Minta, Oba Apini Efua Wiwa, 
Mr. Peter Jima, Madam Sarah Fufu Sebu, Mr. Ebenezer Sebu, Mrs. Esther Oko, Mr. Ken Sebu, Miss Victoria Abahom, Mrs. Marion Hayford, Mrs. Alberta Fache, Mrs. Agnes Opokwajiman, the Sam family, Winneba, the Khan family, the Asafo family, and the Laie family wishes to announce the glorious departure of their beloved. Mrs. Agnes Ajua Sigua Sam, she died age 89. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no way keeping. The body will lie in state on Saturday, the 11th of January, 2020, at 5 a.m. at the Dansaman Keep Fit Park, Accra. Burial service takes place on Saturday, the 11th of January, 2020, from 8 a.m. at the Dansuman Keep Fit Park, Accra. Interment takes place at the Gbawe Cemetery. Funeral rites takes place on Saturday, the 11th of January, 2020, at the Dansuman Keep Fit Park in Accra. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. The families of the late Georgina Amankwa regret to announce her sudden death on Monday the 23rd of December 2019 at the 37 Military Hospital. She was 72. Georgina Amankwa was a mother of Samuel Afaridati, former CEO of the Ghana Forestry Commission and founder of the Aqua Safari Group of Companies and the sister of Naval Captain Bafo Asasejima, retired. Friends, colleagues and well-wishers are cordially invited to join the bereaved families on the 11th day of January 2020 from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at her residence. Plot number 114 Motorway Extension Road near the Kings Cottage Police Station on the Chosako Bypass onto the motorway. That's all for the announcements. Thank you very much for your attention. For all your sports news and the locker room. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. The Ghana Premier League is in full swing and features prominently on the weekend sporting agenda. Early days, but the pressure to perform couldn't be any higher for a former giant. But we are hoping things will change. Mm, but except that we need to back up and buy better players because our striking is weak. So I'm hoping we get better players and then things will change. It's not that bad. As a vote, they lost from the bench. Kudos to Brooklyn Chelsea. I think their coach, Iman Olifa, he had everything right. Um, I think Hats of Folk didn't really do well. I, I think their performance was quite low. Hearts of Oak will be looking to prevent what could be a third loss of the season when they face the Bushan Dwarfs on March Day 3. There's an inquisition later on our show into why the rainbow colours are failing to glitter. High-flying Asante Kotoko play Brickham Chelsea. Bidjama SC face Liberty Professionals and Ashanti Gold are home to 11 Wonders. We have a special preview ahead. Oligana Solskjaer got off to a flying start as Manchester United manager with just one defeat from his first 17 matches after temporarily replacing Jose Mourinho in December 2018. The Red Devils' performances this season have been inconsistent at best and uninspiring at worst. While some believe Ole has run out of ideas, others hold the view he needs to be given more time. 
So we ask on the show, is there an ongoing project at United and at Olegana Solskjaer? Also coming up. Il essaye de faire le ménage et le deuxième but, la mauvaise transmission de Bayern. Comment c'est sorti contre Kofi at the first goal? Ah, oh, look at the goal! Dazzling shot, great vision, two goals to nil. Lays it up to the left-hand side, now down the touchline. Ball back into the penalty box, headed very well by Wahid. Walid Hamid got the goal for Hilal. It's a bit of regime change. Continental football returns with clubs looking to find great positions on the log in the group phase at the halfway line. There's a CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederations Cup. Midway was reached in the mini league stage of a 2019-2020 total CAF Champions League with some of the African football powerhouses cementing their places and inching nearer to a place at the knockout stages. But there is more to come. We have analysis of the CAF Champions League and CAF Confederations Cup. In Europe, this blockbuster in England may provide some excitement in a title race that has turned red with more than 15 games to the end of the season. Dali Ali into Son. Look at the space. Look at the time. And there is the end result. Eight in his last 11 home games in the Premier League now for Son. The way through to Kane. Trying to bend that towards Son. Oh, that is absolutely brilliant. Harry Kane looking for Mane it's Sadio Mane he's got Rafinha for company Mane the lovely ball in field Roberto Firmino for Liverpool the Brazilian international breaks the hearts of the thousands of Brazilian fans here supporting Flamengo Chelsea Mourinho will be tested by the well-drilled Liverpool side in the weekend's headliner Chelsea are home to Burnley Manchester United face Norwich City Crystal Palace play Arsenal Villa taken Manchester City. We have a preview, including action to come in Spain, Germany, Italy, and France. Head to our Facebook page, George slash 997, our WhatsApp line, 0244 340437. And if you haven't had a look at a question of the day yet, tweet at us at JoySportsGH. This is a sound of preview Friday, the very first edition of Locker Room in the year 2020. Happy New Year. Hello from me, George Alder Jr., and welcome to Preview Friday. War drums are back on. The sound of the whistle indicates that special season is here with us. The expectations of fans are free to hit the roof because elite football and one that is enjoyed by the champions is on. Once again, another collapse by the Liverpool defence. Hector Herrera with a season of the UEFA Champions League begins on your most trusted source of live English football commentary Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV bring to you the 2019-2020 UEFA Champions League season live on your slate. Will Jürgen Club Liverpool prove too strong for the challenges or this will be a year for the star-studded Paris Saint-Germain, the thirsty Manchester City or one for Lionel Messi and Ronaldo to shine again. So trust the Joy Sports team led by George Ajo Jr. and 
and Gary Al Smith at the office, in your car or while watching the game on your fully connected DSTV or Go TV to bring you the best of live commentary on Joy 99.7 FM. Live commentary of the UEFA Champions League is powered by Joy Sports in partnership with DSTV and Go TV. So go ahead and grab your fully connected DSTV Zappa decoder and be part of the experience. Joy Sports, the thrill of the game. DSTV, so much more. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. Attention, Emmanuel Gentry with the shot. Sonny Yakuba gets in the goal there for Kumasiya setting for the goal. It's the redeeming goal. One all here at the Mobile Sports Stadium. And Sonny Yakuba, the unlikely hero. So no better place to begin on the locker room than the Ghana Premier League. And we know the elite division of Ghana football enters day three with action expected across centres. Chines, Hearts of Oak need a bit of respite after back-to-back losses. Uh, of course, Midyama Essie and Kumasiya Santikodoko, as well as Ashanti Gold, are flying high at the moment. Let's get some perspective ahead of the action to come. And my colleague, Benedict Ouzu, joins me in studio. Thank you very much, Ben, for your time. And let's dive into the league analysis quickly. And there's surely one place to begin. That's across Hartsville. Now, they lost all two games and are looking forward to preventing a third loss. How do they correct their errors to face the Busina Dwarfs? Well, George, the, the league is just two weeks old, but Hearts have a lot of problems. Now, sacking uh, Coach Kim Grant after match day one and getting that humiliation uh, at the hands of uh, Mediema was just unfortunate. Now, Kim Grant is gone, but he's still not looking good. It went Neo Doom's job is simple get a win against the Busan Dwarfs on Sunday at home at the Accra Sports they will face the wrath of the fans and uh, at this point it won't just be for the coach and the players but certainly the management as well as the board will receive their share uh, if things do not go well on Sunday at the Accra Stadium it, it is interesting a uh, board member uh, Dr. Nyaho Nyaho Tamaklu uh, mentioned that they can still win the league despite uh, the poor start to the season I think they, they can drive on that positive thought and go into the game against the Busan Dwarfs a win would be great and I wish they do, but uh, with everything that I've seen of Hearts to Folk, especially with the first game they played against Brooklyn Chelsea, uh, I won't be surprised should Dwarves get a draw uh, on Sunday. Well, Ben, I'm sure Hearts of Oak will be trying to do everything possible and get this win away uh, right here in Accra. But league leaders, Midyama SEA, are way to Liberty Professionals. One of the grounds, I know, Kakao End of Park, where you have been visiting very, very much, are in this massive game, one many expects the most to win. What has been working so well for Midyama in particular? Well, for Midyama SEA, I think they have good players, quality players, players that have been playing together for some time. Motivation also very, very high because there is money and uh, I know they, they are keen on going back to Africa so I, I'm not too surprised with the performances and results so far. Mind you they also have a very good coach in Samuel Boydu. Everything seems to be working for them and if uh, you, you have followed their last two games, the likes of Kusido Nsu always come from the bench to make an impact. Uh, they don't fear playing away and also make sure they pick 
all three points at home and that game they played against a crowd to folk. I mean, monitoring uh, commentary, uh, you, you realise and you could tell that they, they, they played very well, they took their chances and scored some amazing goals. They definitely uh, come into this game as favourites and uh, with the Liberty side that is still trying to find their identity, I think Mediama can win. A worst result for them will be a draw. But we'll see what Midyama will do with Liberty Professionals. Benedict, now, Haas rivals, Kumasi Asante Kotoko, are high-flying. Easy to say that Max Okunedu certainly is enjoying his thing so far. Now they're up against Brickham Chelsea. Is this an easy win, though, for them? Um, easy win, not entirely, yes. But, of course, Kotoko have been good so far. But to say easy win over Chelsea, I doubt. Mind you, Chelsea came to Accra to beat Accra to folk on opening day. Yes, Accra to folk is not as Antekoloko in terms of their form now. But uh, Chelsea have a good team. Uh, Jonas Satukwe uh, on the left wing for Chelsea is one player to watch out. And the partnership of former Antekoloko player, that's Ahmed Adams and Fusini Zakaria at the back for Chelsea, has been great so far in their last two games. So they definitely have a chance going to Kumasi. But of course, Kodoko are favourites to win this game at the Babara Stadium. Well, Benedict, just before you leave me in the studio, which other storylines are you following in the game spread across centres? Um, it, it will be interesting to see how both uh, Kim Faisal and Accra Great Olympics will react after, you know, failing to pick a point in their last two games. No points so far, and they all go out, away uh, this weekend. For Kim Faisal, they go away to play against the Diana Stars, uh, a, a team that, you know, uh, will not give up, a team that won their first game at home. They came to Accra in a game against Accra Great Olympics, which I thought that was going to end in a draw. They just managed to snatch the elite winner there. So uh, I, I don't see anything good coming for uh, Kim Faisal. It will take a miracle for them to get even a draw. But hey, this is football and anything is possible. And with, with what I saw of Accra Great Olympics in their last game against Indiana Stars, uh, which they lost one, the last I, I mentioned earlier, uh, with, with a goal coming in the last minute, I think going away to Bichim uh, will be difficult. But should they take their chances? Yes. They play some delightful football. I mean, you, you look at the likes of Gladson, Awaku, uh, Emmanuel Clotty. These are guys that have played the league before and they know it with the experience they have. I think if they go there and take their chances, uh, failing to take their chance against the Indiana Stars, if they should take their chance against Bichim uh, United, uh, I don't see why they will not get something out of that game. Bichim, uh, of course, are favourites to win at home, but the uh, Olympics can get something out of this game. And, uh, of course, it will be interesting to see how Wafa will approach the game against Omina Sharks. Two games, no defeat for them. It's enough motivation to go out there and get a good result at the Elmina Park. So, generally, I expect a good weekend of football action on match day three with a lot of goals. And definitely, I'll be at the centre to watch again. Thank you very much, Benedict Ouzo, for your time on the show. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Lays it up to the left hand side. Now down the touchline. Ball back into the penalty box. Headed very well by Wahid. Walid Hamid got the goal for Hilal. It's a bit of regime change. So far as we are concerned in this competition. Continental football next. And Midway was reached in the mini league stage of the 2019 Total Cup Champions League. And the last match day with some of the African football powerhouses cementing their places and eating nearer to a place in the knockout stages. March Day 4 resumes with a repeat of Day 3 fixtures. Joining me then to do some analysis is our African football expert, Noel Adams. A happy New Year to you, Adams. Uh, 
thank you for your time once again. And we're definitely expecting you to go all the way with us to the end of 2020 like you did in 2019. Let's start then with defending champions and their group. Esperance were held to an unexpected home-barring draw by visitors AS Vita of DR Congo. Now in Casablanca, Ben Mayongo and Sofian Rahimi scored in quick succession after the break as Morocco's Raja defeated the Algerian neighbours JS Kabili 2-0 to get the second successive victory and goal second one point behind Esperance. Now, what do you expect in both return games in this group? Well, it was a rush cast. Vita Club went to Tunisia to hold Esperance to that 0-0 draw. Of course, Esperance were overwhelming favourites. Looking at the, the, the record they are holding now, 17 games unbeaten, going into that game was was just a fantastic form for Esperance Partido So Everybody thought it was going to be a foregone conclusion. But Vita Club went in with different ideas, decided to play a system to frustrate Esperance, and they were able to get that draw. Now they are back at home um, at the start the matters in Kinshasa. It's, it's always going to be difficult for um, Veta Club to overcome Esperance for the teams. They are now 18 matches unbeaten in the CAF Champions League and playing against such a side will mean you have to double up effort before you can get a win. And we all know Veta Club lost their last home game to Raja Casablanca. So uh, they need a win at all costs if they are to get the opportunity to advance to the next round, which we know is going to be very, very difficult. Esperance will, will, will try as much as possible to protect their unbeaten run. Even if they get a draw, I think it will be very, very good for them. But I think if there should be a win, I, I still see Esperance having that edge over AS Vita Club. Vita Club have not been convincing right from the prelims to the group stages. They, they are just not convincing. You know, in the first round, in the prelims and first round of the CAF Champions League qualifications, they needed penalties before they could win at home. And in the game against Raja Casablanca, where they couldn't get penalty, it was a defeat for them. So, I, I think scoring has been very, very difficult for a team like Vita Club at home. So, if France are able to take their chances, I think they can get at least a draw from that game. Well, Raja Casablanca traveling to GS Kabili, it was a 2-0 win for Raja in the reverse fixture in Casablanca. But, you know, there's a North African derby, and it's always going to be difficult to go to GS Kabili or Tizi Uzu to get a, even a draw from there. Um, having won their first game against AS Vita Club, going to um, Esperance to lose with a last-minute goal, I think GS Kabili will, will want to take advantage of their their home form and get a win against Raja Casablanca. I think Raja can only pull out pull out a draw from this game, but it's not going to be easy. I think GS Kabili stand a better chances of getting a win from this game. Well, Nuhu, let's talk TP Mazembe because they returned from neighboring Angola with a point from Primero de Agosto. Uh, continuing their unbeaten run, which is pretty, pretty impressive. And most of the pundits have been talking about that. But then, what are your expectations of them this weekend? And can you take us a bit into the permutations of Group A again? Well, George, um, TP Mazembe are always favorites. They are always tipped to win when they play at home. That's at the start TP Mazembe in Ugumbashi. Um, it's um, about 10 years now, they last lost... Uh, a, a game at home in the CAF Champions League. I think they've gone 47 games from beating. 
at the start TP Mazembe, and that's that's quite some record to, to beat. Uh, but wait, um, the last time um, the two teams met at the start TP Mazembe in Lubumbashi, um, we all we all saw what happened. Primero de Gusto got um, an important 1 1 draw to sail through, but all thanks to their goalkeeper Tony Adao Kabasa who made 10 solid saves including a penalty on that day to make sure Primero de Augusto will not lose that game and sail through to the semi-finals of the CAF Champions League TP Mazembe are aware of the threat Primero de Augusto can push, push on that day so I, I think um, what TP Mazembe will have to do is to make sure they take their chances very early in the game to get at least a lead in the first half and in the second half they will conclude everything. TP Mazembe are favorite. I don't think Premier League Augusto are going to cause any havoc. The only thing they can do is getting another extraordinary performance from whoever is going to keep their post for them to make sure they get at least a draw from that. If not, TP Mazembe are going to have another comfortable win at home at the start TP Mazembe in Lubimbashi. At the halfway point, Gubi looks like the real group of death, I must say. With three sides tied at the top with six points each, Ahilal surprised the host at Oldu Sahel in Rades to record their first ever victory in Tunisia uh, at home with maximum points. Now, how do you expect the group to go after this round of games? It is very interesting in Group B as we have three teams having the same number of points. Al uh, Ali, six points. Atua Sportivo du Sahel, six points. Al Hilal, six points. With um, FC Platinum from Zimbabwe being the shipping boys, um, they, they are yet to get even a point in that group. So, um, definitely, it's going to be a three-horse race. Al Ali, Atua du Sahel, Al Hilal. To predict which team is going to qualify is going to be very, very difficult. But I think a lot will depend on this weekend's games because Al Hilal are playing at home. They went to Tunisia to shock everybody. They became the first Sudanese side to win in Tunisia by beating a, a transportive desire by a goal to zero. Al Hilal have the advantage because looking at their home form, they have um, recorded only one defeat in their last 12 home games. And if this should be anything to go by, I think they are favorite to win against a 12 sportive desire. But I know a 12 sportive desire are going to be encouraged by the fact that they, they were at home. Helal came to beat them. So it's possible they, are, they can also go to Sudan to beat Al Helal. But I think a 12 sportive desire are having a poor form at away in this year's Cup Champions League. Al Helal playing at home, I think they, they, they have that edge and I think they, they have to take advantage and, and, and win this one. They are having a new coach in the shape of Hamara Sedki from um, Egypt. He was the one who masterminded their win in Tunisia against Etoile du Sahel. So I think um, he, he, he is the right person to, to get a win for Adelaide once again. Finally, Nuhu on away victory for Mamelodi Sandals and short the Brazilians ended the year on top of the group. Now, do they stay top of the group? What do you expect from Sandowns? Surely, it's going to be the same story as Mamelodi Sandowns went to Algeria to beat USMOJ, but a go to zero with that goal from, from their skipper, Rompo Kakena. Um, with uh, Mamelodi Sandowns playing at home at the Love Tooth Vesvel Stadium in Pretoria, um, I think 
the, I, I don't know how to describe this, this but I think Mabalodi Sundowns are going to win this one. I don't see USM OJ pulling any surprises in that game. We, we, we can even expect um, a scoreline of, of 3-0-4-1 from Mamelodi Sundowns. They've been very, very remarkable in this year's competition. And I think they are one of the teams or one of the favorite to win um, this season's competition. They are just a solid side. And looking at how they are playing, it's very, very difficult to predict they are going to lose any game anytime soon. They are unbeaten in this year's competition. And I think it's going to continue on, on Saturday. They are going to beat USMOJ. We'll be looking forward to the action in the CAF Champions League on Friday and Saturday, of course, beginning tonight. And we'll look forward to the action in the CAF Confederations Cup on Sunday. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, New Adams. Thank you very much for your time. Still on the locker room, enjoy 99.7 FM. We can still hear from you on the WhatsApp line 0244340437, or you can send us a tweet at Joy Sports GH, and that's our Twitter handle. It's now time to head into the Joy Sports BBC two way series. And I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett. We can have a listen to this, and I'm back with more. John, for your time this weekend and a happy new year to you. Of course, it's the first edition in 2020, so let's get to business. And the year has not started brightly for Manchester United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. After 3-1 first leg Carabao Cup defeat in Manchester City, fans are having a rethink. Are there enough signs to confirm there's an ongoing project at Old Trafford? It seems to be two two steps back for every one step forward at the moment at Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We've seen some positive signs. We, we can't forget they're fifth in the Premier League, which isn't bad, really, when you consider how badly some of the other teams in the so-called Big Six are doing. The likes of, of Arsenal and Manchester United are, are below them. But, but it's been a difficult campaign. It's various problems, tactical weaknesses as well. It was men against boys in that, that Carabao Cup game in the first half and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer admitted that he said it's the worst they've played and you could see that from the team selection as well when I saw the midfield with Pereira and Lingard and Fred you just knew that they would they would be overrun and you know if if we can see that as layman then why isn't Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seeing that as a as a real football man and you, you know someone who we're told is, is a very good coach very good tactician so it was it's, it's a difficult situation for him we know the squad isn't good enough we know there are various players who perhaps want to leave Paul Pogba's always talked about Ashley Young now is being linked with a move away from the club and remember he's the captain as well so various problems and it's, it's a difficult situation for the hierarchy we've got Maurizio Pochettino who is without a job at the moment will they be tempted the United hierarchy at the end of the season to get rid of Solskjaer and bring in Pochettino if it, if it was me, it would be the move I would make because Pochettino is proven at making players and making teams better. Well then, John, it may be too early to read meanings into happenings at Spurs at the moment. Marino suggested there was no need for new players, but after considering so much lately, is Jose Mourinho the developing problem or personnel is needed? Well, he needs a couple of transfer windows at least, doesn't he, Jose Mourinho, before we can really say it's his team. 
So will they spend in January? I think they probably have to, especially now Harry Kane is injured. He's out until April with his hamstring problem. They're being linked with the AC Milan and Poland striker Christoph Piontek who is struggling a bit at AC Milan but has done well before in, in Serie A when he was with Genoa. So I, I think they have to spend. Defensively, you're right. We, we've known Tottenham as a very strong team defensively with Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Davinson Sanchez. But for some reason, it's not working. I, I think that's the holding midfielder that's the problem there. And he's got lots of injury problems in midfield at, at the moment, Jose Mourinho. And Dombele, Sissoko injured Eric Dyer so it's a tough situation for Mourinho but we need to see his credentials is he is he still the modern coach who can make players and teams better that, that's what he needs to prove now well then Spurs are up against league leaders Liverpool this weekend how daunting is this clash for Jose Mourinho and his boys it's a really daunting proposition for any team meeting Liverpool let alone a struggling team three games in all competitions without a win for Tottenham Liverpool have won their last 11 in the Premier League so it's a, it's a very daunting situation for anyone meet, meeting Spurs and, and you'd expect Liverpool to win comfortably. Everyone is saying, can Liverpool be the Invincibles like Arsenal were in 2004? As things are going, you'd, you'd expect them to do it. You'd expect them to go the whole season unbeaten. The only problem may be if they win the Premier League early and they're still in the Champions League, will they rotate their, their squad and maybe then they they would lose a game but at the moment you can't see them losing John Arsenal seems stronger and have been recording right results lately manager Arteta has suggested they have the potential to hit higher levels how much of a threat though do they carry away to Crystal Palace yeah very positive signs in terms of the job that Mikel Arteta is doing at Arsenal we've seen him already get a tune out of his players improve players we saw it in the defeat against Chelsea the win against Manchester United, the second half against Leeds as well in the FA Cup. They started poorly in that game at the Emirates Stadium, but Arteta changed things at half-time, uh, read the riot act at half-time, and the players responded, which is a really good sign. Crystal Palace, always a tough place to go. They don't have the greatest record at Selhurst Park Palace, but they, they, they make it difficult. They have that X-factor in Wilfred Zaha, a player who we were told wanted to join Arsenal last European summer I remember speaking to him at the Africa Cup of Nations uh, about potentially making that move so he'll be one to watch very difficult game another big test for Mikel Arteta as long as we can see the signs and the Arsenal fans can see the signs of Arteta improving the team week in week out then I think they'll, they'll be happy and satisfied. Lampard's Chelsea are in search of consistency and will be needing a bit of luck at the Stamford Bridge this weekend against Burnley. How does Lampard go about keeping his young men focused all through at home where results have been pretty poor all season? Yeah, it's been tough for, for Chelsea at home. I, I think we're, we're finally seeing them missing Eden Hazard. They're always going to miss Eden Hazard. And the, the, the Lampard papered over the cracks, really, with the young players, like some Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, but they are always going to have a dip. And I think they struggle, Chelsea, to break teams down who, who put men behind the ball and, and don't try and attack them. And, you know, that, that could be a problem this weekend. They're playing Burnley. So it's so, so another test for Chelsea this weekend. Can tactically they break Burnley down? Can, can um, Frank Lampard set up the team so that they can do that and, and score goals and stand for bridge because it's been a real worry, the, the, the home form. And if they don't start improving, then the likes of Manchester United, Tottenham, 
Wolverhampton Wanderers will, in, will inevitably at one stage get things together and catch them. So they've got a five-point gap at the moment, Chelsea, fourth place to fifth place. They need to main, make sure they maintain that. Finally, John, please bring us up to speed with potential and done deals in the winter transfer window involving Premier League clubs. Well, it's been fairly quiet so far in this in this transfer window. I think that means it will be a busy end to the month. But it's always very difficult to get deals done in January. If you do get a deal done, then you, you have to ask why the player has been allowed to leave in January. Is, is there something wrong with him injury-wise? Is he getting too old? Is, are his legs gone? Is, so January is always a difficult month to make deals in. Look out for Tottenham now being linked with Christoph Piontek. Look out for Manchester United and Ashley Young's future. He's... Joining Inter Milan at the end of the season, but he may join in January. Olivier Giroud being linked with Inter Milan as well. So far, very quiet, but that means, I think, in the final two weeks of the month, uh, things will explode into life. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. about time to get into a Manchester United discussing. You can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0244340437 as well. You can tweet us at JoyceForCH as you know. So Manchester United fans, I'm sure you want to pay some attention to this. So we know Oligana Solskjaer got off to a flying start as Manchester United manager with just one defeat from his first 17 matches after temporarily replacing Chelsea Mourinho in December 2018. Now those few months included an improbable Champions League win at Paris Saint-Germain and a surge in support for the Norwegian with many pundits saying United had little choice but give their former player the job. Now, it's very easy at this moment because the Red Devils' performances have been very inconsistent at best and uninspiring at worst. So, some believe Oligan Socha has run out of ideas, while others hold the view he needs to be given more time. So, we can do a bit of analysis right now. And joining me in studio, two gentlemen from the Joy Sports decks, Bill, Eshon and Rick Wampofa. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. What is good? I don't know what the smells on your face mean. I was just checking again. Uh, I think Arsenal are doing well uh, in the Premier League for now. Yeah, for now. uh, Ateta is showing us the way. He's showing us very good signs. It's a game. It's your game against Crystal Palace. We'll see what happens. (laughs) And 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 Barcelona are doing fine as well, Andy. I I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But we are talking about Manchester United, and I need to find out from you guys what really is the problem with Manchester United but can we start with whether there is an ongoing project at Manchester United um, or for what do you think is there an ongoing project there uh, you may you may probably have to tell me and uh, I, I look at I look at what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done uh, over his tenure so far and uh it's difficult to pinpoint what exactly he's trying to achieve with this side, what brand of football he's trying to get them to play, or what direction exactly are the Red Devils heading. I say this because, uh, yes, when he did take over as interim boss, uh, he did enjoy a near-perfect run uh, for about four months or so, you know, uh, getting extremely good results. And, yeah, that was uh, probably due to the new bounce that you tend to get, especially after you lose uh, coach such as Moreno, who had the dressing room divided. So, uh, you know, fast forward from then, we've seen how poor United have been uh, blowing a bit of hot and cold. And uh, it's been very inconsistent times for United themselves. But even away from the result, uh, if you there was a chance to believe that there is a, an ongoing project at Manchester United, you would have to look at 
uh, probably they're signing it. Uh, you check their out and end from the summer. And it looks a bit strange, you know, letting go of two attackers and uh, leaving the whole attacking responsibility on a Marcus Rashford and a Martial. And uh, I, I must admit that Rashford has been good, but is he really ready to lead this Manchester United front line? Then again, you look at the signings that he brought in uh, using 50 million on a right back where they already had Diego Dalo and Ashley Young. And then he brought in uh, Maguire as well, who hasn't really had an impact. Uh, it, it really leaves a lot of question marks as to why they didn't strengthen in the middle of the park. And you look at uh, the Manchester United lineup as things you stand, the likes of Pereira getting game time. Uh, it makes you wonder, is this really the project that they want? And uh, you look at, uh, you know, recently Manchester United claiming that they do not want to buy Ericsson, uh, they do not want to buy Bruno Fernandes, but they're rather being linked to players such as Shane Longstaff. And uh, it, just, it just leaves a lot of question marks because... Even with the Jürgen Klopp and Guardiola, when they started with their rebuilding process, you could clearly see a pattern being established. You know, Guardiola started with his fullbacks and centre-backs. But for United, it feels as if we're just buying whoever we can buy. There is no clear objective set out there as to, we want to play high-pressing football, so we want players who are working hard. I don't think there's been the establishment as to the brand of football that they want to play. So that hasn't really influenced the type of players that they are looking for in the market. It's January, and we're not really hearing anything about United, but you have a central attacking midfielder who went an entire year without contributing to a goal in the Premier League, and uh, he's still starting games. So I think that should tell you how poor the whole team has been, and you know, I think that it's really a stage that they're suffering consequences from decisions that they took years back and uh, there is a need for a project but at the moment I do not see the project anywhere. Well that's a real couple for perspective on that well let's see how it's interrogated but so we've got Bill here really. Uh, Bill have we got a project going on there? Yes I do think there's a project ongoing there. Now let's take a look back at when uh, Salah Ferguson left the club. Now Manchester United were going for a stopgap. They were trying to put in the manager that can get them results as quickly as possible. And at some point, it was working with Jose Mourinho, but he had the dressing room divided before Oli Kanasushia took over. Now, when he took over, there was a realization that a lot of the players weren't good enough. And he came to terms with the fact that, yes, he would have to stay with them for a while and then gradually replace them. He said that it's not going to take one or two transfer windows to get a project done. It would take a lot of transfer windows to get a project done. And he's gradually buying some players and he's gradually setting up some players as well that will fit into his projects in the long term. Take a look at Marcus Rashford. Now, he's putting a lot of responsibility on him because he sees him as part, a main part of the project. And he's doing well so far in the English Premier League, of course. He's scoring a lot of goals and he's being regarded as part of the top goal squares. As young as he is, 22 years old, he's doing a fantastic job. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, when, since they brought him, him in, he's been doing a very, very fantastic job for Manchester United. Of course, with a project, not every signing will come and work. Like Harry Maguire so far, it's not really working. But with a project, there will be mistakes. There will always be mistakes. But gradually, there will be some ins that will help the team. Of course, the players that left the club, uh, Alexis Sanchez, he wasn't doing anything for Manchester United. He wasn't contributing. He was contributing absolutely zero. Just like Jesse Lingard is right now. But anyways, he will still go. So, 
And of course, so Oreg- you, are, you are calling for more time. And yeah, Romelu right, Lukaku right, was scoring yeah. goals, wasn't he? Yeah, he was scoring goals. And Andy but- Herrera was getting goal because help the bright in the, in the central defensive midfield, wasn't he? Yeah, well, his decision was one of the worst, I think. But of course, it's still a project, so he might want to let some others go. It will be painful, but in the long run, he's going to bring someone in that can help in the project. Of course, Andre Herrera was old. He's getting old. And gradually, he's replacing the old guard and bringing in younger people like Mason Greenwood. He's very young and he's very talented. He's showing he's showing that in the Premier League so far this season and he's scoring the goals. I, I, recall, I just want to find out from you. Is this just not the time Manchester United have to say, leave Oligar on social to go for three years? Let's leave one manager to run out his full contract before we, we, we actually pull, pull the gun again. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's, it's difficult to think that uh, time is what he needs and uh, you know Bill uh, in Bill's accession he mentioned project about probably 50 times or 60 times but I'm wondering what <laughs> What, yeah, what, but that, he's talking about project. The yeah, project doesn't happen in one year. I, I think I think we throw we throw we throw the, the word project about uh, too much, uh, because <laughs> if if for a club in football terms you are starting a project, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been at the helm for a year now. Can you look back at Manchester United and tell me what the identity is? What was the brand of football my United play? Because you know recently they were saying that yeah, United is a good counter-attacking team that struggles against the smaller clubs. And then they beat the big teams. And what? The philosophy just flipped in weeks after they lost to Arsenal and they were heavily embarrassed by Man City. And they're still struggling uh, against some smaller sides. And there'll be another week where they'll beat Burnley, they'll beat Watford, and then they'll go on and lose against what? Aston Villa. It's just a team that depends on the mood of players. If Rashford is in a good mood and he scores, then Manchester United win. That is no project. That is absolutely no system. What happens if Rashford gets it? What happens is Rashford, who's a young player and is not going to give you, what, 9 over 10 every game, decides to go off form. That is, there is no project well, here. There my, is question, my question then is, so why are you leaning towards the lack of technical direction, say, organization, than, uh, you know, quality snail in there? Because what Bill was saying, if I got him right, was saying that give him time to get all the chaff out and let him rebuild gradually. But you were clearly indicating that, look, there's no plan because the tech direction is a problem. What, what, what exactly are they rebuilding? What, what are you trimming the team down to? Because, you know, the big problem is that the, there is no clear pattern. And for me, if you look at Louise Van Howe, you could clearly see that they, this was a guy trying to play a possession base. You may not like it, but he was insisting on it. And if he had the time, he could have maybe embedded that thought into the, play, the players and probably signed players who were more suited to that type of football. And so you could even see after three months that this is what Van Howe was trying to do. For me, Ole Gunnar no, no, no. He, he just, I, I think the job came too early. He doesn't have any tactical disposition or, you know, he doesn't impose himself as to how United play. The players themselves do not look like they know what's expected of them. Against Man City, they look like they didn't even know what they were doing on the pitch. And for me, that is not even the start of a project. And uh, I do not want to fully blame Solskjaer, but he's making me do so because of some of the things that he said. Because he said that they don't need any central midfielder. He doesn't need to sign Bruno Fernandes. And it takes a lot to sign players. And, you know, he's, he's basically backed what the board are saying in terms of not signing players. And you look at some of the decisions by the United board that he's defended. Phil Jones got a contract just months ago. And you, just, you saw him against Man City. So you feel that clearly something is going wrong. Let, let, let me bring you Bill on this one. Bill, um, you, be, you believe there's a project. And he's, he's clearly talking, or Rick was talking about, 
it's the kind of decisions you're taking and, and, and what would you be doing with Phil Jones I mean Oh, Phil Jones, I don't have much to say about him. He gives me memes every day, but anyways, <laughs> gives me quality yeah, memes. Quality, quality memes. Yeah, but that's, that, that's, that's, that's the issue here. So, we for the Manchester United fans and uh, the football fans who feel that this is a project, they're, they're, they're a lot worried. What can they use this transfer window for and why are they letting it go by? Well, for this transfer window, they, they do have to enforce their midfield because that has been a problem. Of course, Paul Pogba who is the chief architect of whatever they do, has decided to go injured and do an ankle surgery and do some updates on his Instagram and all 